Welcome back, everybody. How you well, doing? Um, I'm here. It's Monday, May 8th. Is that right? That is correct. Monday, May, May 8th, 2023. My name is Bobby Flood, and you are... Jordan Bruno. Yeah. At Damn. least today. <laughs> At least for right now. And today is uh, episode 100... I've lost track. I think it's 126. 26. Yeah, last week we did 125. All nice right. round number there. 126 of the Mind Virus podcast. It is our divine right to podcast. We are royal podcasters. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Alluding to, of course, the coronation <laughs> that happened over the... Was it the weekend? I... I don't know. I didn't watch a single second of it. I did see a clip of a, a, a horse getting startled at a, large, at a loud noise and like backing up and knocking down on one of those metal barriers before the rider could calm it down a little bit. I think this was two days ago. That would make it Saturday? Probably. There's about 3,000 other things I'd want to do on a Saturday than watch the I heard about it. I heard about it from our uh, friend TBM, mm-hmm. and um, I was like, oh, yeah, they, they haven't made him, they, they haven't officially coronated him yet, you know? Right. It's been a while since the queen passed. Yeah, I figured they would have crowned him like five seconds later. Uh, well, he would have made sure the crowning happened right then. Maybe this was just the ceremony. It was all unofficial. Well, <laughs> I saw a picture. Those crowns are big, and Camilla did not wear hers very well. The, the thing happened right around the cross quarter, right? The May, Cinco de Mayo, May Day, that all happens mm-hmm. right around the traditional cross quarter of Beltane. I don't think that's a coincidence. See, when did the queen die? I'm asking Google here. She died probably September 12 or 15 years ago. She was AI (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) Okay, so they passed. So they passed uh, the cross quarter in November last year, the solstice, and the. um, Groundhog Day cross quarter and then the equinox so they passed all that let's see that makes it about it's not an even six months it's a good nine months i guess since she passed huh yeah she died in september not nine months it's been let's see september october november december january february march april yeah pretty close I think we're more like eight and a half, but or eight months, roughly. Okay. My my on 
on the spot math on the podcast is never really very good. In fact, sometimes it's really bad. None of my math is ever any good, whether it's on the spot or on the podcast or otherwise. That's okay. You'll be okay about that. I mean, they have calculators, they have phones, computers nowadays. I am okay with that. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we had the the coronation going on. Um, In other news, uh, Utah sent a delegation over to Ukraine. Yeah, they did. Because they were checking on the buffalo. What what's going on over there? I don't know. The the Deseret News has a big long article about it. Lots of propaganda. Um, There was a corporate and government. I can't remember. There's a word for when corporate and government combine. But um, there's a there's a delegation, <laughs> and they met with Zelensky. They, oh. they, met, they met with Russia's most wanted man. That's the Desert News uh, uh, words. And they talked all about business and money making schemes, and uh, it was all very bizarre was this to the, me. Is the title of this article "Inside Utah's Mission to Help Ukraine Rebuild Even as War Rages On"? Um, the title of the article is. Utah leads first state trade humanitarian delegation to war zone. The Desert News article is titled Inside the Utah Delegation's Face-to-Face Sit-Down with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Written by Doug Wilkes. Editor's note. Desert News executive editor Doug Wilkes. Reporter Katie McKellar and photojournalist Scott Winterton are traveling with Utah's trade and humanitarian delegation to Ukraine. Hmm, not finding that article. Kiev, Ukraine. The office of the president of Ukraine sits behind a phalanx of checkpoints where guards stand at post behind sandbag fortresses with cement and steel barriers protecting a multi-block area that appears to have been a vibrant, upper-class neighborhood before the war. Deeper in, tighter security protects Russia's most wanted target, the man who from day one of Russia's invasion of Ukraine refused to leave, organized resistance, and galvanized world support in the name of sovereignty and freedom. So... Uh, it just seems like Russia doesn't want the guy that bad because uh, they could have bombed his his. Uh, yeah, it seems like by home. now they, they, could, they could have gone after him. The, the, the Ukrainians have gone after Putin several times. Well, it, it it seems like if they yeah if they wanted him they could have leveled Kiev and take taken the whole country if they wanted it by now. I mean, this has been. It doesn't seem like they're trying very hard to go past the Donbass region. That's it's, the. It's been the be- It's been more than a year. Or the contested regions, I guess. There's more than just the Donbass, but uh, yeah. And there was some bizarre uh, rocket that hit the Kremlin, and people are blaming Ukraine for that. Well, there was like a it was like a drone attack, right? Or right. something. Their air defenses knocked it out fairly close to the Kremlin, or a, a right something like the roo- that uh, near I, the roof, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, this, I, I don't want to downplay the real issues in this conflict but i also it's so theatrical especially in the west i mean we've had a a parade of celebrities and politicians go out there to meet with this Zelensky guy um and they all get their photo ops we had Zelensky come to the u.s during all of this and get a bunch of photo ops um 
and why people from the state of Utah, and by the way, the, the people named, you have Stuart Adams, the president of the Utah Senate, you have some corporate CEOs, some tech CEOs, and some others. Um, why? Like, what, what's Utah got to do with Ukraine? Well, if you read the article, and maybe if you read it with the cynical eyes that I have, it's clear that it's just money, 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 money. It, and Utah's... So the Utahns saw the Biden family was getting tons of money out of it. And the, or, or the other Utahns saw the, the Levitt family was getting money from Ukraine. And so they decided they wanted in too. So they sent a whole delegation. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, yeah. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, first of all, this is supposed to be this war, this war-torn nation just under siege by this big bad bully in Putin and Russia. And yet they're going there and, and whining and dining and getting photo ops. And, you know, they, they, they frame, frame the war. It's not just a battle of freedom, but a battle between good and evil. And it's, it seems, and I'm no expert on the region, but it seems really clear to me that this war is, is a money laundering scheme it's a way to pump billions of dollars over to ukraine which then does what with it gives it to the biden crime family the clinton crime syndicate right the the utah delegation (laughs) so i'm not really sure what this is all about but it's it's a bizarre timing of this if this was a peacetime you know and they just have it happened because i know companies and politicians always try to have connections internationally and wherever mm-hmm. i mean that's that was hunter biden's sole purpose as an adult was to launder money for the biden crime family so but it's just it's extra bizarre that it's little old utah who by the way this is the first of the 50 states to have a delegation sent out there, which is again bizarre, and it just makes me think, as we've speculated on this podcast before, that Utah is is more involved in the globalist oligarchical menace than we like to think. And you know, it's like what 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 could what what could the state and these people possibly offer Ukraine that they aren't getting from the federal government of the United States and other other nations, right? They're getting Buffalo. What what has it been? hundred and twenty billion dollars so far in quote unquote aid. Well, maybe maybe Buffalo is really hard to get. Well, they got the Buffalo from Montana. Yeah, but who brokered that deal? <laughs> the castle owner in Scotland. So yeah, if you're just joining us late, uh, David Levitt, who offered to broker, David Levitt was the former Utah County attorney, brother of Mike Levitt, the the very popular governor who quit his super popular stint as governor, his third term, to join George Bush in the White House as director of health and human services, where he directed pandemic planning. This is like 2006, seven-ish. Right. It's a little hum- fanfare. It was like, hey, I'm out of here. And then, you know, what, what is it with popular Utah governors who all of a sudden quit to go do globalist things like uh, Huntsman who quits to become the ambassador to China? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so don't worry, Spencer Cox. You're not popular. You're not going to be asked to go do anything. <laughs> 
But Spencer Cox said he was, in, in all caps, really proud of the Utah delegation. He well, said that on Twitter. Anyway, yeah, if you're, if you're joining us late, David Levitt brokered a deal to sell Montana Buffalo off of an Indian reservation into Ukraine in order that his family be able to adopt a Native American child. Yeah, in, in one of the most strange, bizarre trades. Bizarre. And we've, really, we've covered that before. Yeah, and the in the reporter, the the Utah reporter that's covered that, I think his name is Adam Herberts. Herberts. Like, I think he's done a good job in like bringing that to our attention. But there's been no follow up. Like, I have lots of questions about that. <laughs> like, did Ukraine ever get its buffalo? How much money was well, exchanged? Inquiring minds want to know, and I guess there's just two inquiring Where, minds out there. <laughs> where's the Where's this kid now? Like. Like what happened to that? Most people just want to talk about the coronation. I don't know what do we, what do they want to talk about in Utah these days. Uh, the flag is is the, the the new state flag is controversial. You know, really important, hard hitting things. Well, Me, meanwhile, uh, uh, I went to JCW's. We've talked about JCW's. We went there, and against my better judgment, and and man, it is expensive. It's like eleven dollars for a hamburger. Like it's it's I can't I can't afford to go there. JCW's is yeah, you know, and it's still like nine bucks for a shake. Sorry, so I, I must have blanked out. I was looking at what we're talking about here in Utah, and uh, so I loaded up the local communist um, rag, KSL. Mm-hmm. And uh, this headline caught my eye. Why so many mass killings? Families and experts seek answers. And it says more than 100 people have been killed in mass killings thus far in 2023, an average of one a week. Isn't that like if you, if you averaged or if you added up um, Baltimore and Chicago and then averaged that per week, it's about 100 per week in those two cities combined? Yeah. Something like that. Mass murders. Or not, not mass murders, but all the individual shootings and violent crime. It's probably close. They're very anyway, selective and stuff like anyway, that. Anyway, all of a sudden we were talking about Ukraine. I, 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 I totally must have blanked out. Now we're talking, we're talking about Utah issues and it's an $11 hamburger at JCW's. Yeah. It's really expensive. See, I haven't been back since the shake incident. Right. I don't want to go there, but my, I have some kids that really like going there on certain occasions and, we have and you're to, just a sucker for certain occasions. No, I had to just say, well, you can't have the shake too. Okay, but you get you can't to, have you, your shake and eat it too. Kid. Basically, but but I I think um, but I get like you go to the grocery store, stuff's still really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a we were again I was <laughs> with some kids at the grocery store, my kids, and there was like a new flavor of Doritos, and we're like, ooh, that sounds good. And it's like five sixty for the bag, and we're like, it's like, no, not that good for like a a shrink a shrink flated bag, right? Like, yeah, it's like just your standard bag, which you used to be able eight to chips in it. Yeah, you used. To, I mean, in the in the before times, it might have been two fifty or something. Like it's doubled in price, and I think you know that's something I shouldn't eat anyway, and I'm not going to pay out the nose. I'm not going to pay a premium for Doritos. Right. And then, of course, staples like meat and cheese and eggs are still really expensive. But Everything's gone up. I don't feel like people are still like, like, have we been conditioned to the new 
pricing, the, the inflation, the inflated prices that we just aren't talking about it as well, much? Well, I think the regular people don't have a voice. It's it's like, you know, you, you get um, censored if you, or you get kind of squashed down by the Twitter mob, as they say, it's, although the Twitter mob has changed since Elon Musk took over things. A little bit. A little bit, but but there's that idea of the of the social media mob that enforces discourse. And what, I, the question is, what is, since I haven't participated in social media for, at all, <laughs> right? you know, it's hard to say what, what, what are people talking about? Where are they getting their information? Like I was, I was talking to Dimitri, our friend Dimitri over the weekend and uh, had the opportunity to, to connect with him. And he was saying he thought the inflation was a lot of price gouging, just people who were like, oh, we're raising prices, we can get away with it. Mm-hmm. But that, that creates a snowball of uh, effect where right. other people have to raise their prices because they can't get X, Y, Z. And he, that might be what you see at like places like JCW's. They were always kind of expensive. Yeah, is it really a ten dollar hamburger? Like you're talking about, like the mushroom oh, burger or I'm some? I'm talking some, about like their basic, their American the, all American burger. I think the basic cheeseburger is like nine dollars. Sounds like an all Weimar Germany burger, <laughs> right? It's so not, yeah, because like uh, for comparison, my new favorite In and Out burger. Please don't go there; it's super busy. Um, <laughs> I'll let you, you know when I'm going, so, e- you, e- so even, you don't clog it up. Even there. Prices have gone up. Well, the price bit. has gone up a little bit, but what? It's like three nineteen for a burger or something. It, it went over two dollars. It went over three dollars. But but you have to remember their patties are like an eighth of a pound. They're really small. But okay, but you could get four of them for this or three right. of them for the same price right. as, a, as a burger at JCW, and their burgers right. are pretty good. Right. What's interesting too is in the time, you know, JCW still seems really busy. So I don't, I don't. Yeah, know I don't if, think of JCW's burgers as that great. Like their buns nah. aren't that good. Their, nah, their burgers are pretty good. They're they're fine, but there's just still a fast food burger that, I mean, you could go to the store. You can make a better burger at home and, and make a much better burger for a lot less than ten dollars each. Although I was looking at those, uh, you know, the patties they sell you in the pre pre patted patties. Mm-hmm. Is that what we call them? Mm-hmm. I think it's about a. It's over a buck a piece now for a quarter pounder. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> like if you want, if you want eighteen or twenty, and you get them at Costco, they've shrinkflated them, and it's about twenty five bucks, right, for a stack of those burgers. Yeah, I bought thirty, a pack of thirty. No, a pack of twenty four for about thirty dollars at Costco. No, at a at Smith's grocery store. I think Costco's a little better on stuff like that. Maybe Mrs. Flood might want you to maybe do a little better with the money there. <laughs> Just saying. But I also have a whole bunch of ground elk in my freezer, and I need to make some burgers out of that. Yeah, that's probably more economical. And the better. problem is that you, you got to buy the little um, little square wax papers, and you got to stack them and get them all nice, and then freeze them and. They're so well, it's so easy to throw one of those burgers on the grill when it's pre. I would formed. I would just I would make the burgers patties and then just throw them on the grill. I wouldn't freeze them. You don't want to do all the extra steps. Well, the meat's already frozen now. I don't want to thaw it and then refreeze it. I've been told that's not a that's a no no. Okay, well I was just gonna say if you wanted to imitate the other guys, I don't want to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> Probably right. That's probably not a good idea. Probably just unfreeze it, make the burgers. 
grill them and eat them. But it's just super convenient. Oh, it is. It is. It's not my favorite uh, way to like go buy burgers like the frozen hockey puck, but it's usually cheaper because you can get freshly made non-frozen patties and you can get some that are some pretty high quality meat, but they're... You can make them yourself, right? But then you got to get your hands all greasy and... Yeah, you can't make them yourself, but it's still still dependent on the quality of the ground beef that you buy. I thought all ground beef was the same. I think they want you to believe that. <laughs> I think they Tell also, us about what makes a good burger. Well, first of all, you got to start with the meat, right? It's got to be good meat. Well, but beef? you can you can get away with you can get away with just your regular USDA choice ground beef, right? What are you taking the filet mignon and grinding it up what are you what are you doing here what's the secret well you can get like sirloin burgers that's like ground sirloin or, or usda choice is one standard then you have usda prime it's just a higher cut of meat but, and quality. this is and you get it ground <clears throat> by the you can buy pre-ground meat of course of those different cuts or those different okay standards. you grind your own no no the elk that i have was ground by the processor okay i didn't do it there are people who do that, though. They'll butcher their own deer or beef or elk, and they have all the tools, and they'll, they'll cut it. They'll right, cut I see the, the Cabela's ads are always, always selling uh, yeah. meat grinders. Meat grind. You can do your own. Um, <clears throat> but what makes a good burger? So it's got to be good meat. You so you think JCW's is, quote, a cut above? <laughs> to, uh, use the, to use the phrase correctly? I don't think. I mean, it's fine. It's it, their their food is it, like is it better than McDonald's? Sure, but is it McDonald's? You can get a burger for like a dollar. Is it nine dollars better? Eh. Can you still get a burger for a dollar at McDonald's? I think so, and and it's about what you'd expect for a dollar now. It's pre-made it's a, slider. It's a little, pretty, a little yeah, guy. Yeah, but I think so. I think the biggest mistake people make with with meat red meat is overcooking it especially like steaks like medium rare is as far as you should go (laughs) certainly don't go well done that's just ruining it Uh but burgers i think you can get away with cooking them a little bit more rare and that maintains flavor and of course the seasoning and i think we we can i i become a believer with with steak I used to try all these flavored seasonings and stuff, mm-hmm. and it was fine. But now I made salt, pepper, garlic, butter. And then mm. if I have some, I'll throw some rosemary on while they rest. And that's all you need. Salt and pepper is pretty good for the steaks. I like the Montreal steak seasoning to throw on burgers. Yeah, so That's pretty good on burgers. Burgers, you can get a little more creative. Like the Montreal, you can get uh, Lowry's seasoned salt. Pretty that's good not bad. On those. Um, I've tried a few others of those those kind of flavored stuff. Plus, you can throw barbecue sauce. <clears throat> so you got to cook the meat right, and then uh, if you like cheese, you got to get a, a high quality cheese. None of this plastic American craft slices. Those that doesn't cut it. That's going to ruin your burger. It'll get you by in a pinch, but splurge for something. So you know, real a, cheddar, a nice thick slice of mild cheddar. Sharp or extra sharp just overpowers the taste of the beef, right? Okay, yeah. No, I'm with you so, on that. Mild cheddar. Mild cheddar or... One of those good, uh, one, of the, one of the really good, thick, real cheddar slices. Yeah, right. 
and you can do that your own. And you melt that on. You you melt that on there. You want to throw it on. Not you don't want to melt it too much. You want it to be like right, just right. One way to do that is even throw throw the cheese on the to the burger after you take it off the grill while it's resting. Well, while it's when it's come off the grill and it's still warm but not Mm -hmm. too hot. Right. That's when I think the time is right. But you can also use other cheeses like. um, Um. Colby Jack can be good on burgers. Um, Swiss, you know, if you like Swiss, people like a Swiss cheeseburger. Smoked Gouda can be good. Smoked cheddar. And then you got to have some bacon on there. Um, I don't get too picky about bacon on the burger. Something crunchy. You like provolone on your burger ever? Um, Have I done provolone? I like provolone. Not not necessarily on the (laughs) burger, but in general. Yeah, I, li- a good I like cheese. it in general. It's good with See, because the Swiss has all the holes in it. Provolone is the same color, no holes. Get more. Right. And then, of course, the bun is an important part of the burger. Um, you can get those hamburger buns that are like 50 for 35 cents, but they're not very good. <laughs> they're mostly air. Right. So I would say get, get something from the bakery or like King's Hawaiian makes a pretty good Bun. You got to you got to have the full combination though cuz if you get one of those big uh nice substantial buns and you get a little patty right then you're going to be it's way too much bun. You got to have the really good big patty. Right. And tomatoes, lettuce, you want to you got to load that up cuz otherwise your bun overpowers the burger. Right. So you got to do the whole thing right. And then a sauce is a big deal, whether it's barbecue sauce. Now, nowadays, you can buy sort of like the Big Mac sauce, hamburger sauce. Um, You're not a, just a mustard mayo ketchup guy, huh? Uh, I'm not big on ketchup. I think mayo is pretty good on a burger. Mustard is really good. But I also like, I mean, there's 3 billion types of barbecue sauce. Um, so I, I like to... Can you get all these at Smith's? You could get quite a few at Smith's or Walmart or... Uh, wherever. And of course, barbecue sauce is like anything else. You can buy really cheap stuff that's just a bunch of high fructose corn syrup, or you can splurge and get something that's... So you're going a bacon barbecue burger here. Do you ever do the mushroom route? We're not big on mushrooms in my house, so we don't, we don't really no do that. No Swiss mushroom. What about the avocado? There there are times where we'll fry up eggs and throw them on the burger. That's mm. really good. A little extra, extra protein um, there. Sometimes you can add one of the one of the best burger combinations, and we don't haven't really done this at home, but I'll get it sometimes at a restaurant. Is you get your burger, and then you get pulled pork on the burger, and then coleslaw on the burger. That's really good. Whoa. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's really good. <laughs> like uh, sweet pork. What's what's the pork taste like? Yeah, yeah. Usually it's like a sweet pork with some uh some sauce on it i like a good burger i like the the mushroom swiss um the hawaiian if you take one of those uh pineapple rounds Mm -hmm. that's not bad Mm -hmm. but just in general if you if you do a really good burger with the good bun and everything like we've been talking about mustard mayo ketchup good tomato good slice of uh onion maybe some cheese it's pretty good right there. Right. I'm okay with just, you know. Right. The burger. The, I think that's what you call the all-American. Yeah. Hamburger from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can what it, it ends up costing you what? 2 2 bucks to to uh 
dramatically surpass the quality of JCWs. You do it all from the comfort of your own home. Right. What do we need those guys for anymore? Their fries. I guess we got to figure out how to make their fries. Yeah, homemade fries, fries are, are pretty good. Homemade fries are trickier. You can buy like frozen bags of fries. Right. We've done that. And those are okay, especially if you have an air fryer. But homemade fries, I think the best way to do those is just slice a potato. Not try to make them fry-shaped. Just get a potato, slice it into little discs. And then you can go oil, like olive oil, maybe a little rosemary, or whatever, you know, Lowry seasoning salt, whatever you like, what, you know, Himalayan you know, JCW's, pink salt. Yeah, JCW's has maybe not the best fries around, but pretty dang good fries. And the, you, big, the big fat right. square, you know, yeah. they, they got a nice shape, nice texture. Right. And then you get the fry sauce. And then uh, you could bake them in the oven and then throw them on like a skillet if you want to get them real crispy. Or the air fryers now. You know what I like over at uh, In-N-Out is their spread. Mm-hmm. Kind of a relish mm-hmm. fry sauce. That's not bad. You know, if you're low I'm a carb, fan of that. If you're low carb, you can go to In-N-Out and order off the menu called a Flying Dutchman. And that is a, a patty with cheese on, uh, and then another patty with cheese on top of that. So you get two patties and two slices of cheese. And that's really cheap. Do they wrap it in lettuce? Nope. They just give it to you in a tray. I, I've done it and I usually order two. So you get four patties and four <laughs> slices of cheese. That is no, <laughs> no carbs to be seen. Right. But their patties are small, so it's not that much food. But and it's uh, they charge you uh, per patty, though, isn't that how they price those burgers? Like flying, if you get a four by four, it's the, a, essentially the, the Flying Dutchman has a set price, which is the two. I don't remember what the price is, but mm. yeah, the the secret menu at uh, JCWs could be the su- or not JCWs. The secret menu at In and Out could be the subject of a whole episode. I don't even. I, this is the first time I'm hearing about the Flying Dutchman. Right? Do you feel like you know the whole menu? No. No, I mean, there's animal style and a well, couple other styles. Well, that's the easy styles, one. Right, but I, I'm sure there's a website out there that would elaborate on all of the variations and the secrets. But would it know all of the secrets? The one thing that In-N-Out does really well is you don't go to In-N-Out and, and uh, order a chicken basket or a, a hot dog or a, a club sandwich like you would at JCW's or many of these other places. Like, it's burgers. You, you have your choice of a single a double and fries and and that's it it's pretty simple <laughs> so it's one of the reasons they can keep their prices down i think and also their service pretty good they they move through a lot of people see they have a link here on their website uh about the not so secret menu you got double meat you got a three by three a four by four grilled cheese Protein style, animal style, and that's all they're listing. They don't list the Flying Dutchman. Hmm. They don't mix, mix, uh, list the one with the fried chi- uh They do one with, with uh, fried onions. What do they call that? Um, Isn't that the animal style? Yeah, there's another one, though, that's different. I'm not sure. Okay, here's another website. Saying they're going to give us all the magic words. 
Yeah, because you can get okay. They, these guys list the flying Dutch, Dutchman. You can get a flying Dutchman animal style. You can get uh, Neapolitan. We'll get you all three flavors of the shake together. With the words root beer float, we'll get you a half a cup of root beer topped with a swirl of vanilla soft serve. Uh, yeah, that's a root beer float. Salad on the <laughs> side, protein style. A wish burger, a veggie burger. What's the wish burger? Forgo all the beefiness for a simple salad in a bun, also known as a wish burger, as in I wish there was meat in this burger. Yeah, I, I'm not going <laughs> to That's not, that. they, don't, they don't have a veggie <laughs> burger. That's not a burger. <laughs> cheese unmelted. So you can ask for cold cheese. Um, I don't know. I want, I want like a like a graphic here this this is like an article style it's not right. telling me right it's not like giving me a quick access overview of the secret menu okay here's one it's got pictures double meat extra toast animal style fries you can get animal style fries yeah i knew about that free extras grilled cheese grilled onions mustard grilled patty Ultimate animal style fries, well done fries. Well, this is a timely topic. I mean, it's it's May. The weather's turning. It's we're getting into barbecue grilling season. season. Yeah, and that is by far more important than the pending uh, World War Three that our oligarchy seems hell bent on fomenting. <laughs> right, right. You have uh, both parties are really saber rattling. They're they want. They're banging the drums of war. And I don't know if they're going to take us all the way into a, a full-scale world war or if they're just going to get what they need or want out of well, I think what's they going need on now. and want a full-scale nuclear, or not a full-scale nuclear, but a full-scale world war. I think that's what they need and want. So <clears throat> I think that's where we're headed. But it's probably not going to be for a couple of years. I think we're into the slow grind. You know, we, we were definitely worried... Um, a lot. We've worried a lot over the last few years on the Mind Virus show. And every time you turn around, it looks like the sky is falling. But, it, you know, I think it's just getting lower and lower and lower <laughs> very incrementally every day. Right. And uh, we'll, we're going to wake up in a few years and be like, oh, the sky is right here. Right, right there uh, in my living room. And it's filled with missiles and drones and satellites listening to everything i say and yeah why 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 didn't i get my normal allotment of govcoin this week we're starving on these bugs yeah that's the next thing we're going to be talking about right is uh, how to cook a good cricket burger <laughs> well yeah now more than ever uh catherine austin fitz's advice that you know your farmer and know your banker. I don't know how you end up knowing your banker because it seems like all the banks have to be blessed by the Federal Reserve System. Yeah, but, it was another tough week for the local uh, Zion Zion's Bank. The so-called SIC, so-called Zion's Bank. Well, that's what they call themselves. But yeah, they they had another rough. Like their stock value dropped tremendously, and uh, there were some other regional banks that were struggling and it's kind of in the background people aren't talking about 
some of these regional bank struggles and failures a whole lot. And I think uh, there was another bank that JP Morgan scooped up and bought mm-hmm. or was trying to buy um, yeah, this consolidation where pretty soon we'll have one or two banks in the United States at this rate. Yeah, Zion got as low as uh, $19, just under $20 a share. Um, I, don't th- I, think it, I don't think it was hit as bad as some of the other regional banks, but Zion's Bank Corp is, is one of those uh, that we should be concerned about. I, I heard somebody tell me that the church had expressed uh, confidence that they were backstop, you know, they weren't going to let it fail or something like that. And you know, nobody knows how much money the church actually has to backstop Zion, mm-hmm. Zion's Bank with. But, uh, Probably more than they backstopped that insurance company with. What was the name of that company? Beneficial life? I think so. I don't know. I don't know the story. What are you talking about? Well, they they bailed out uh, an insurance company. The church did. The church did. They don't print the money. They, How do uh, they get to bail out <clears throat> these entities? Well, they have lots of money. Okay. If you look back, uh, September of last year, the Zion stock has been as high as 50 $58, close to 60 bucks a share, and it's down right now to 24 as low as 19 over the weekend, which is the lowest it's been. But uh, yeah, it it's interesting how uh, there are a lot of factors that contribute to or make up the health of a, of a f- publicly traded company. And when any one of those swings wildly, you know, like their cash position or their, the rates they have to pay for their, um, lines of credit and the, and, uh, the money that they use to operate because everything's financed, you know, or, um, their reserves, uh, deposit reserves. So any, any one of those f- elements swings wildly and then they're in the tank, you know, which is, is really sort of disconcerting that you're you put your hard-earned money in there and then they they essentially play with it recklessly make make obscene profits you know pay pay incredible salaries to the top executives and then it's the little guy who is potentially hosed of course the, the federal government says they're backstopping all of this stuff so the only real effects that you feel, you're not going to lose your money. You're just going to pay $20 for a burger at JCW's because they debase the currency. Right. And who's backstopping the federal government? Well, that's we are because we're paying $20 for a <laughs> well, burger. That's and, the, and, that's and, the, and they just print. Yeah, but that's the punchline is when they print, we pay $20 for a burger. So right now it's $11. What was it at JCW's? Whereas three years ago it was $3. Four dollars, maybe. I don't know if it was ever three at JCW's. They before, were always a little bit before twenty twenty premium. They always charged a premium there. Sure, but um, it, it was maybe six or seven. You know, and you might spend ten dollars on a combo. Now you're spending fifteen to twenty on a combo. You know, that's rising a drink, depending on how big you get it and so forth. It'd be nice if they had historic pricing of burgers at JCW's as like a top result on on Google. But 
the 2018 price of a burger. How much was a hamburger in 2018? Your average price, according to insider.com, was $2.64 in 2018. For a commercial, like, fast food burger? Yeah. So I'd say a JCW's burger would have been under four. Maybe. I, again, I mean, for I, the all-American I, burger, I, right? I always for the basic that, burger, because they stack it up. They used to give yeah. you all those options. And they've always charged a premium. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think going to like Five Guys or so there's the there's there's two tiers of fast food burger. You have the the cheap, really fast stuff like In and Out, McDonald's, Burger King. Then you've got the the second tier is the little bit higher quality, like JCW's, Five Guys, um, Cubbies, Chubbies. Uh, Cubbies I'd and put, Chubbies. I'd put Cubbies in its own category. Um, but Chubby's is another local place that they're in that upper tier. You get a little higher quality, but you pay more. Cubby's is higher up. Cubby's is cheaper than JCW's, isn't it? If I remember. <laughs> it, it might be. At this point it is, I think. Um, but Cubby's, Cubby's is more of a, I'd put that in more of kind of this restaurant category over fast food, but. Don't you still, am I thinking of Chubby's or Cubby's over in Pleasant Grove? Chubby's is in Pleasant Grove. And that's uh, on uh, State Street. Yeah, down next to the hardware store. Yeah, okay, that's Chubby's, not Cubby's. Yeah, Cubby's is a it's chain. More a sit down restaurant. Kind of. Um, you you kind of go through and you order. Um, you you know, you, you wait in line, you order, they bring you out your food, mm-hmm. call your number, type of a thing. But it's it's pretty good. They have they have good burgers. They have some steak sandwiches, but I think it's a little cut above your normal fast food. Yeah. Setting. Well, <clears throat> JCW's has definitely entered the realm of like uh, restaurant costing burgers. I mean, if you go to Goodwood, you mm-hmm. like Goodwood? I like Goodwood. I haven't been there in years, but yeah. Yeah, I think you can get a cheaper <clears throat> burger over at Goodwood. You're, you're going to pay, what you're going to get <coughs> is you'll pay about 10 or $11 for the lunch menu and you're going to get fries mm-hmm. with that ra- uh, rather than having to buy the fries on the side yeah it's uh it's expensive to go out to eat nowadays it's expensive to stay alive right now like it's yeah could you explain this to could you explain this to mrs bruno like could you just like plant the bug in her ear that like hey you know we can't your husband still loves you you're not going out on dates because you know like inflation. i'm gonna stay out of that come on buddy <laughs> give me a little love here help me out <laughs> yeah i'm gonna yeah, Bobby doesn't want me talking to Mrs. Uh, Flood. That just ends badly. <laughs> She's like, Jordan said the world's going to end tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think you should podcast with him anymore. <laughs> do we have to do that every week? <laughs> that's, that's the Mrs. Br- uh, Flood voice. Oh, then you got the Mrs. Bruno. Ah. <laughs> Let's go out for dinner. I already told you we can't afford it anymore. But why do we have all of those cars if we can't use them? You know, if you drive around, uh, like on a Friday or Saturday night, there's long wait times at every restaurant. So apparently people are doing okay. They're, they're weathering the storm or they're living in debt. That's, a, that's the big question, isn't it? And the 2008 crisis was interesting because... It brought all that to a head. Like mm-hmm. people who were living in debt, actually, there, w- there was an event that caused so many people 
to lose jobs and have to switch employment, which was essentially the collapse of the housing market. Right. Right. Uh, it was focused on that one industry, and we realized at that point that that particular industry had a had a um, significant influence on a lot of other industries. Have you, you ever think about that? Like how many contractors there are out there, and and how the all this money is getting. Um, sucked into the housing market and then those people buy all kinds of stuff and then it, right. it floats floats the rest of the economy and it's all all that money is sort of created out of thin air through the fractional reserve banking system lent into existence and it greases the skids and then it's like you know the the roaring 20s everywhere mm-hmm. and then all those guys stopped spending people stopped buying houses the prices tanked that money essentially got sucked out of the economy and everybody was affected. And so you had a lot of guys that were out of work. And um, yeah, I, I think it really affected, it, it was an obvious cause and effect type of a thing. And so the, you know, you, you, you we realized at that point how much was being purchased on credit because all these, mm-hmm. <laughs> your, your next door neighbor who appeared to be living high on the hog or, or appeared to be wealthy, turns out just had financed it all. And once the dominoes started to fall, you know, they can't afford their home. They can't afford the Hummer, right? the boat. And then it all goes up for sale at a, at a discount price. Right. And we haven't, I'm wondering why we haven't seen that yet with rates rising. Cause you know, what's a, what's a mortgage costing right now? About six, six and a half percent. That's pretty Maybe. high. I, I haven't looked. If that's what it is, that's really high. But but uh, there's there's certainly no shortage of uh, new homes being built around. If you look for that, especially some very very nice homes are being built throughout the neighborhoods, and mm-hmm. some very nice homes are falling off the mountain. Uh, I think we talked about that already. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> this year's this year's thirty ricks thirty year <clears throat> fixed rate is. On average, six point nine two percent. That's that's really, that's pretty up there. I think. It, where was it in um, two thousand eight? Probably less than four. On average, three and a half, four. Two thousand eight. The average rate was six point oh three. Did it come down after that then? Yeah. Uh, okay. This is, again, just top <clears throat> top results on Google, themortgagereports.com. Uh, 6.03, 2008, 5.04, 2009, 2010, 4.69, 4.45, 2011. Let's see. Um, it seems like it got really low there for a while in the 3s. Oh, they've got a good chart on this page. Like 1975, 9%. 1985, 12.43%. 1995, 7.9%. So the 80s, uh, the highest on this chart is 81 at 16.63% on average. Of course, that was coming off the Carter. What we, we commonly right. attribute to Carter in uh, the, the inflation there. And Reagan saved us. Whatever I mean, I, the bank, the stuff going on behind the scenes there with the banks is. We've talked about right. a lot of that. Um, revisit episode eight for <laughs> the history of the secret combination, and who owns everything. So anyway, you get into two thousand five, five point eight seven percent, 
and then uh, 2006, 6.4, 7, 6.3, 8, 6.0. So the, it got as high as 6.4 in 2006, and then everything broke. And a lot of that was due to the, the adjustable rate mortgages, mm-hmm. adjustable you know, introductory period um, expiring. Okay, so 2012, you're down to 3.6, and then that was the low point. And then we've, we got to 4.1 in 2014, then they dropped again to 3.65 in 2016, and then it started on its way back up. 2018, 2019 was, so 2018 was 4.5. Then it sort of goes back down to 3.1 in uh, 2020, 2.9 in 2021. And now we're back up to six point, currently 6.9, right? Is that what I said? 6.92. Right. So how are we not broken right now? What was the difference? Because the, there were so many people that have lost their jobs. Is it all the is it all the Fed money that's just still bouncing around in the economy? It, it from could COVID? be. It might be that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. It might it might be that that a lot of companies just took COVID money. Uh, People are uh, making more, right? Like in two thousand eight. Well, it's still it's still proportionate on a percentage basis. It's probably regional too. I mean, I think here in the great state of Utah. What'd you call uh, it? The. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. Just the great going. Salt Lake state of Utah. I think the COVID, the real harsh COVID reality was avoided somewhat because um, they didn't, one, they didn't buy into it, right? The legislature didn't let Herbert and Cox go as far as they wanted to. Um, there's a lot of internet, uh, internet commuting that happened. And that doesn't just mean tech companies, right? There's, I know that there's this whole push to make Utah like this tech company hotbed. Silicon slopes. Right. And a lot of those guys are- Silicon flats. Clowns, but- Silicon um, boobs. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people were able to work from home and productivity was able to continue somewhat, at least along the Wasatch Front. You know, you know what you got in Utah that you don't have in other states. You have a lot of Mormons. Mm-hmm. The Mormons. <laughs> Remember the uh, what was it South Park the where it turns answer. out the Mormons were the right ones. What's the Mormons? <laughs> oh, we got to find that. We probably talked about that before. Are you saying that people were frugal and had no Mormons have traditionally had a lot more kids, and so that that's one of the one of the elements of the uh, 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 the economic situation that is. Uh, sort of upon us and won't go away is that the baby boomers didn't have as many kids as their parents had. So there's not enough new blood to replenish this Ponzi scheme that's going on. And in Utah, you've got tons of kids and there's a huge emphasis on success and, and college and mm-hmm. school and, you know, being what your parents are. And so I think statistically on average, what you get is a lot of go-getter kids that are willing to buy houses because that's what mm-hmm. their parents did. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and a lot of them want to stay in Utah. We've got a lot of growth here in Utah. And there's been a lot of really positive things about Utah relative to other states that, right. that create better economic conditions. And so I, I think it might be the, the Mormons' kids and the, and the big families that uh, are continuing to push housing prices or keep them stable because 
there's that kind of demand. There's just a lot of people here. And a lot of people want to move here from other states. Right. We've because also had a lot of influx. They, they don't want to pay <clears throat> high taxes. California has come here. Yeah. Californians. So you combine you combine those factors, and I think you, you can float the Utah housing market longer. And th- there's a lot of... Um, Additionally, there's a lot of big companies that are building these townhome tracts, these uh, apartment or mm-hmm. condo developments. So there, there's a lot more of that that's available too. There's a big boom right now in along the Wasatch Front in certain areas. You drive around, you can see a lot of those types of things, those condos, those, those townhomes. And then there's some absolutely massive homes being built. Well, yeah, in, uh, in the vicinity of, of where we're doing this podcast, you know, within 10 miles, right? we've seen some pretty significant, uh, massive developments. Yeah. They're uh, massive home development, right. meaning big homes, not, not tons of them, but it's like, who's right. buying, who's buying the two and a half million dollar home? I and, don't know. And, and how are they financing that with, with a, when the construct, the way it works with a construction loan is you've got to refinance that you don't get to lock in your rate a year from now. You have to Maybe there's a mortgage product where they're willing to lock in your construction loan or something like that. Because I don't know how these guys go from paying two and a half percent interest or what was it? Yeah, two point nine percent interest in 2021 to when they when they conceptualized these ideas, and then now they're going to pay double the interest. You know, six point nine percent. And it, yeah, and it just might be that we happen to be in an area where. People who are sort of recession-proof are building because I don't think we're seeing the reality of the of the whole situation. I mean, but especially you know if you go to different parts of the state or different states um, where there isn't this boom happening, and of course we'll 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 find out soon enough if it's if it's sustainable, right? We might have another housing crisis where people are forced to move out of their $2.5 million homes because they, you know, the, the, the job that they had that allowed them to get those loans and to build that home goes away or something, right? Kind of 2008 all over again. Okay. So I'm top, top result on Google. Google actually has a mortgage calculator as one of their top results before the, after the first couple of ads. Okay. You, you put in a, Two hundred a two point five million dollar home. <laughs> they've they've estimated you're going to put twenty percent down, half a million dollars, thirty year fixed interest rate of six point three percent in Utah, credit score over seven hundred, yearly property tax of thirty one thousand dollars. I don't know if that's correct. Let's let's say the property tax is more like ten thousand. And your annual homeowner's insurance is, they've got it at $8,000. I'm going to say it's more like $3,000. I'm just guessing here. But at 6.3%, let's, let's make that, at 6.3%, you're, you're paying $13,000 a month. Okay, for your right. house. thirteen four, And at 6.9%, you're paying fourteen two, okay? At three percent. Come on. 
You don't even want me to see what it costs. At 3%, you were going to pay 9500 I mean, that's a, that's a huge, even for somebody, I don't know how you're affording a $2.5 million home. But people, people, people are, yeah. I mean, they're building them. Yeah, that's but that's, so, still, we're, that's still a swing of, you know, like $4,000 Yeah, but I, I, I'm guessing if you're building that type of a home, another $4,000 a month, a, a month isn't that big of a deal if you can truly afford it if you're living off a of credit okay let's or say, way beyond your means yeah how much is a house yeah how much is a house gonna like let's say you're in your 40s you you're gonna buy a uh what an eight hundred thousand dollar home you got three or four kids is that about what it costs to get a nice home nowadays Not just a mansion probably yeah 800 let's say eight hundred thousand dollars and you're gonna bring to it 20% down, $160,000. At 3%, your payment, is, oh, wait, we got to do the property tax, right? Property tax on that's probably going to be more like 3500 a year. Sure. And insurance is more like 1000 a year. So your monthly payment is three grand, three grand, 3073 at three percent, at six point nine. So I'm going to just say, yeah, six point nine percent. It's four thousand five ninety. So that's fifteen hundred dollars more. Right. Even four thousand a month is a lot. Yeah, but that's fifteen hundred dollars more. So like, right. like can that's you don't most families don't you don't have that capacity to add an extra fifteen hundred bucks. Per year for 30 years. Well, that's why you see a lot of younger couples living with parents or in townhomes or renting. It's not a great economy for, to get started in, I don't think, right now. Unless you've got one of these weird, high-paying jobs. A weird, high-paying job? Well, when I say weird, I mean... What's I, they, a weird, high-paying job like... Uh... When I when I say weird, I mean I mean there's obviously high paying jobs, but normally those aren't for twenty eight year olds, right? Like, and so when I say weird, I mean these unsustainable, where you might make a lot of money for a short period of time, but that startup you work for, like they, folds or they gets sell, sold, and you get you get laid off. They sell or, press on nails door to door. That's a weird <laughs> high paying job. They uh, <laughs> they batter uh, Snickers bars and sell them on the street, and they make six figures. Oh. I don't think anybody's making six figures doing that. They could probably here in Utah, but a weird, a weird high-paying <clears throat> job, uh, executive assistant to the Black Lives Matters crowd, <laughs> right? To their right to their top execs. Um, I think the founders uh, are making six figures of the the flavored professional, soda professional protester, the flavored soda uh, empire, which is very funny. They've convinced Utahns to go pay four dollars for a soda. You're about some, like the swig, some coconut type of in it, and like you can buy the little shot thing. You can like you, buy yeah, the little squirt and you things. can also go to like Maverick or Seven Eleven and fill your soda up and put some of that stuff in there for free. And they have it, it for free at Maverick, <laughs> or do you have to bring it yourself? No, you. They have like little flavor shots. So you just. And you squirt just a little squirt in it in there and you can create your own dirty Dr. Pepper and you get a 44 ouncer for 99 cents. You got to walk in the building. <clears throat> you do. You do. Utahns, Americans, especially Utahns, number one, they're attracted to bright, shiny objects. And number two, <laughs> they do not want to get out of the car. Right. 
No, I hear you there. Uh, the, uh, the Oh, I got an the, idea. The flavors. I got an idea. We could, weird high paying jobs. Okay. We could do a drive up barbershop. How'd that work? We wouldn't even have, we wouldn't have to clean. You just slip into anything. the guy's back seat? No, just and, cut their hair from the, get a Floby. You know what a Floby is? <laughs> just like, <laughs> you, cut it. You, you do it in their car and they get to clean up any of the extra mess, but you kind of. You, you pursue that one. You and see how it goes. The I think I got flavored soda empire is. Uh, it, I think people outside of Utah find it very strange. We could write a Netflix series where there's a like a a competition, like an organized crime type of a competition. I've been I've been watching uh, Better Call Saul. Have you ever seen that? Um, I never saw Breaking Bad. I've but seen Breaking Bad. Um, my, I, I know who Saul Goodman is. My daughter was watching this show and I, I sat down for a second. It was just so funny, so well done. I got sucked in. And uh, so now I'm going to end up having to watch Breaking Bad. But <clears throat> you can combine that okay. with a war between flavored soda. So instead of cooking operators. meth, the guy's like cooking up soda. Well, it's like printing money. You just told me it's like printing money, right? So wouldn't you have incentive a, to get people to go to your soda drive through rather than the next guy? There's a comedian named uh, John Christ, and he, he's pretty good. He has How do you a, spell Christ? C-R-I-S-T. He has, I think it's him, he has a skit where he's, uh, he's out, uh, he, he lingers around uh, Chick-fil-A parking lots on Sundays, you know, Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays, but, right, he's, right. but he's stocked up on Saturday and he has like <laughs> a he coat selling it? <laughs> and he has like these ladies pull up and he like opens his coat and holds out the sandwich and she's like, I can't do it. This, I told, I, I got to get off of this stuff. And he waves it under her nose and she's like, fine, I'll buy it. It's, it's like a whole drug dealer thing, but it's yeah. Chick-fil-A on Sunday. It's pretty good. He's, he's very funny. Does a lot of like, Christian based comedy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he has one series. Is it uh, uh weed shop or church? <laughs> and he'll read the names of these places. Um, he's, he's pretty good. Oh, wow. I got to check it out. He does uh country music lyrics in real life. Mm. Um, so they'll, he'll start by singing a country music song and then they realize how goofy the lyrics are. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway, he's, he's pretty good. Look him up. Okay. But yeah, you, you, if you wanted to start like, I mean, I, I would guess that the soda wars are, there's yeah. a lot, there's a dark underbelly in the soda wars. You war. could also have uh, a coffee shop that starts selling soda because coffee shops are another place. You know, it's, if you're, if you're Mormon, you probably haven't con- contemplated the allure of a six or $8 coffee. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know why you're saying it's a $4 soft drink, but. Have you ever seen somebody pay for coffee? Yeah, I, I I'm not getting uh, that. I'm not understanding. I'm not what, well versed enough in coffee to know if there's a difference between Seven Eleven and Starbucks. I mean, I'm sure someone out there is going, "You, how dare how you? Dare you?" But well, you I, got I, you, you got I, I this new phenomenon. This. You got Dutch Bros. Yeah, you got uh, Beans and Brews. They're they're popping up all over Utah. And yeah. another thing I've seen, um, again, again, I'm not a fan of alcohol, but like. You watch these people pay so much for a drink, just like mm-hmm. a, I'm like, just per capita, per, per ounce, 
I'm 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 in the Costco mentality. If I'm going to buy right something, I'm going to buy a lot of it. Maybe so it's because I've had too many kids. You're going to buy your wine in a box. <laughs> yeah, like from mail order, have it <laughs> shipped in in a crate. I can say buy this. it once a year. So speaking of all this inflation and stuff, I. I've been priced out of the name brand sodas. Like, go and really? buy, go, go buy like the the twelve pack cans of uh, Mountain Dew or Dr Pepper. See, I saw a <clears throat> sale at Smith's a while, but I stocked up for the apocalypse. Well, so when it happens, I'll trade you for S- some food. Smith's will often have sales, but lately they've been fewer and farther between. Yeah. Um. And so I thought, well, in in these six, these twelve packs of the name brands were $8 each. Really? And I'm like, that's too that's much. That's like vending machine prices. That's like old, like remember the old days when you I get came, them for a quarter. I, you could get a Shasta for 25 cents. So Out I'm, of the vending machine. Right. So instead, I, I bought the Kroger Big K brand. Those were three for $10. How'd that go? And it was fine, but you can definitely taste the difference. And And not only in the taste, but the cardboard that the 12 pack comes in is lower quality you know they have the little oh so it the, might break and fall all over yeah, the place you know you have the they have the perforated handle yeah. mm-hmm. that you open and and open up you and were able to easily that, perforate it no it was like i it, it was, was pre-perforated it, it wasn't as good quality i thought the whole thing was going to come apart and cans were going to fly so out you of had the to fridge. two-hand it so you couldn't just pop your hand in there and carry it with one hand right and then the the little door opening that where the top half comes off and creates that nice little fridge. Yeah. So would you say you are fridge opening are on a scale of one to five, least being unlikely never and five being most likely definitely. Are you going to buy more of this uh, Dr. K? What what did you call it? Big, big, big Kroger. The Kroger generic. Uh, Was it Mountain Brew? They had Dr. K, that's their version of Dr. Pepper. I saw Dr. Thunder, <clears throat> Thunder they, the other day. They had Cola Zero. If it's a doctor, I'm not sure I'm drinking it <clears throat> these days, guys. Well, here's the thing. I'm trying to get off of that crap or drink a lot less. I see like today I, you've opted for pure water. Yeah, pure and look, how, water much, out look of a how much I've drank of this 16 as ounce. As opposed to a. Of this 17-ounce bottle, I'm drinking like five ounces. Bobby's usually got something like a Rockstar or a Thunder Mountain. What do you call those? Uh, some sort of a Red Bull Mountain Dew concoction. Sometimes. Mixture, yeah. sometimes. That's usually. But 90, um, 99% of it. I time. did go back, and they had the name brands on sale. So I was able to get the new Mountain Dew American Freeze flavor, which tastes like those red, white, and blue popsicles. Really? <laughs> It's pretty good. Is it better than the Kroger brand? Oh, yeah. Mountain Dew uh, nails the flavors. Mountain Dew has all kinds of crazy flavors. They'll do like holiday ones. They did one a couple years ago <clears throat> that was like gingerbread cookie. It was uh, it was very good. It's like drinking a gingerbread man. They did one this last Christmas that was fruitcake, and that was... It tasted too much like real fruitcake. It wasn't very good. <laughs> it was uncanny. Um, but they, they usually do some summertime flavors, holiday flavors, and they're very good. Their flavor scientists, their flavorologists are quite good. <clears throat> That's a probably a weird high-paying job, a flavorologist, probably. flavor scientist probably. for one of the big drink companies. Those probably are the people that are buying these huge houses. You could probably drive over there, stop by, and ask one of those guys... 
if they could go maybe work for Kroger. Yeah, maybe. And we can get cheaper drinks, high quality drinks. Yeah, inflation is the name of the game. It turns out that will be the title of today's episode, Burgerflation. Um, I don't know what we do. Uh, what, what do regular people do about this? Just stop spending money? Well, yeah, in the sense that, <clears throat> I mean, luxuries, maybe, maybe things that you thought were normal staples, like, oh, when we go grocery shopping, we grab a couple bags of Doritos because we like Doritos. Maybe now you're buying the, the cheaper brand or just foregoing that altogether. Because, I mean, two bags of Dorito, Doritos right now is going to cost you 11 or 12 bucks. And now you can buy you can buy four or five eggs for eleven or twelve dollars. So maybe those eggs are more valuable to you when you used to be able to buy ten dozen eggs for ten dollars. But um, I don't know. Like the like, I think that's the the main thing. Like even in, in, that I've had to do is just can't buy the fun things. That's the first things to go right. Yeah, the, the first thing to go is uh, the uh, entertainment. Right, maybe it's cutting trip back to Disneyland. Right, cutting back on uh, subscriptions you might have, or uh, and then the fun or the fun things, or the, or the nights out. Right, going out for pizza or burgers. You got to go out half the time. Prices double. You or eat, you make eat your half own as much, right? Because you can buy a lot of ground beef. Right, you can big, get get a big thing for of now. ground beef, and you can for now. For now, I do suggest, and I've suggested this before. If you can afford it, talk to a local butcher and. Buy a bunch of beef. Buy a, a quarter side of beef, or a half side, or a whole side, you know, a whole cow. It's expensive, but you're going to get a lot of meat that you can store in a freezer for a long time. It's expensive because you're buying it all at once. But I think right. uh, per pound, you end up making out like a bandit, don't you? <clears throat> I think it's, um, it's usually pretty pretty economical, pretty economical to do it that way. And and yeah. then you know also you're like you're it's kind of that know your butcher, know your farmer. Yeah. Most of the people that are selling this t- sort of thing can tell you where the cow where the cow comes from it's grass fed grass finished all of that they can tell you the name of the ranch if you wanted to there's a lot of mail order ranches um you can order beef here in utah right from texas or oklahoma and they'll send it to you there's monthly subscription programs you can get on where they'll send you a kind of variety box of meat um or just uh, find a neighbor get to know somebody that has chickens and cows and there's a lot of people with chickens locally. Trade babysitting for eggs. Yeah, get some eggs. So uh, my grandparents lived through the Depression. You probably, did you know your, did you have grandparents that lived through the Great Depression? Yeah. I've got some tips from grandma. Yeah. When your kids go to school, first do sack lunches. Don't buy that school lunch crap. Mm-hmm. Have them bring back their uh, baggies and wash them out and reuse them. Oh, yeah. You can, you can do that. You can reuse the baggies. Uh, you can come up, you can be creative with birthday gifts. Like my grandmother used to give me, um, last year's episode, last year's, uh, program, you know, the programs they print for the BYU games Mm -hmm. and you know, you get free stuff at the BYU games. You can give that to your grandkids, you know, for their birthdays, stuff you find around the house, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I was, this is my grandma. (laughs) She, they learned how to, to, you know, that generation had to learn how to to be resourceful. And I think that's something that's a little bit lost. So you nowadays. save Yeah. You save everything and then you can use it as gifts. Nowadays, if your iPhone battery gets below 10%, they just, people just throw it away and buy a new, a new phone. Yeah. 
Oh, the battery's almost dead. Oh, well. Oh, man, the car's out of gas. Got to go get a new car. <laughs> car prices are another thing that's gotten out of control. Oh, yeah. Like, like crazy expensive. So it, 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 if, if that would be fun. If, if you guys, we probably got a lot of listeners that have good inflation. Um, busting tips. Busting tips, yeah. Inflation uh, mitigating tips. And especially if you know somebody that lived through the depression, you're going to have to have some really funny, mm -hmm. like there are some stories in my wife's family about grandpa making the boys eat these uh, rotten bananas because <laughs> we're not going to let them go to waste, you know, um, sa saving everything. Like how, how long let's, let's play a, a game. Let's start a game show called how long has that been in the freezer? Right. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, if you, if you want to comment, uh, we'd love to hear some of your inflation-busting tips on the website at mindvirus.show. Now, I found out over the weekend from a friend, uh, a friend of the podcast named Troy, spelled mm -hmm. C-H-R-O-Y, um, <laughs> that uh, you can comment on Spotify. He was disappointed that we hadn't re recognized his, his contribution because he commented on Spotify. I didn't know that. I did not know that we could get comments on these other where, platforms. Where do they show up? I don't know. I'm going to have to go look for that. I haven't spent the time. Hmm. It was so important to me that I completely forgot about it till right now. Okay. Um, I got to go find out if how you're able to do a comment on Spotify and if we're getting comments on these other platforms because it's possible we have listeners out there that are just shouting into the wind, you know? Kind not, of like not, kind of like we are. Not being heard. <laughs> well, we were heard by Troy. And uh, he commented, uh, I can't remember everything he said, but he, he chimed in on the book reading thing. He said it was better to read, but easier to listen. Hmm. Or it was more serious, because you had to be more serious to read it. But uh, apparently you can comment on these other websites, and I'm going to have to track that down. We may have a few comments to read. We did have some folks comment on last, last week's episode. TBM pointed out that uh, Jeffrey Epstein did not go to Harvard, as you postulated. You didn't say he did. You just postulated it. Right. I think I said I, he might have. I knew he had some connections there. Maybe this that's is, just This is interesting. Donations. He says he went to Cooper Union in Manhattan and dropped out to teach at the super fancy Dalton High School in Manhattan, run by Bill Barr's father at the time. Right. Interesting connection to the Trump well, administration. And, and, and Bill Barr kind of famously didn't do any kind of investigation into his death, Epstein's death, right? Well, to little fanfare. Nobody talks about that. I don't right. think we're allowed to point that out. <laughs> but <laughs> the attorney generals, you had, you had uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, a subject for a whole, another episode, uh, what's going on in the Justice Department. Anyway, TBM also linked us to the second half of that article on Epstein. If you want to check that out at mindvirus.show on the web. That's where the, Troy, that's where the real discussion is going on between TBM and Whitaker. Whitaker also said he liked the idea of more movie reviews. So uh, maybe we need to watch more movies and talk about movies more often. Maybe. Have you uh, seen any good movies lately? Like I said, I got sucked into Breaking Bad. The problem, I hate watching TV series because you got to, they're so good at um, 
extending it and right. just dragging out. The, it's like, get to the point. Tell us why he's called Saul instead of Jimmy McGill. And you got to go five seasons into it to figure that out. I've been watching something that isn't a movie nor a TV series, but could sort of be classified as such. So this 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 General is going conference. This is going to require some explanation. So there's a video game out there called Red Dead Redemption Two. It's a cowboy game. It's a very good game. Maybe I've mentioned it before. One of the best games ever made. Well, there's a version of it uh, where you can play online with friends. And what's what some people have done is they took they took a version of that and they created the, the, their own private servers where you have to become whitelisted, meaning you have to audition, basically. Um, to, oh, they, they decide who they want to let in the game, huh? Yeah, and they're very serious role-playing servers, hmm. where, and they have very strict rules um, for uh, conduct and then break, whether you can't break character. It's kind of funny, you know, because sometimes oh. there's some technical issues, and so, like, if someone has to re-log, they'll say, like, uh, just a moment. I need to go into the woods and do some business. I need to answer the <laughs> nature's call. I'm going to the woods, and so they've created these things. But I, there's a streamer who created a, a character, and he uh, he he streams for nine to eleven hours at a time. And then I've just been watching the videos on demand because this was a couple of years ago of this saga. Uh, of the and it is as good as any TV out there. The role players are excellent, and uh, this this guy has hundreds of hours of this character's arc, the story, and I've been <laughs> I've been watching that um, and and thoroughly enjoying it. I, maybe we'll link to it. Um, you can. What's find, the keywords here? I've got dead <clears throat> red dead redemption. You dead, can dead you red can redemption? find red dead. You can find. <clears throat> on YouTube, if you search for the Ballad of Baz Kerrigan, you will find this guy's uh, B A Z Kerrigan. B A Z Z K E R R I G A N. There is language. Um, Kerrigan's a uh, character from the old StarCraft. It is. There is language. People will use language, but um, mostly which, which English. Language? English. Mostly yeah. English. Okay. There's some profanity, I should say, okay. but it is. It is language. It is hilarious, and uh, it, it anyway. That's what I've been watching, and I'm only. Um, What's the redeeming esoteric value of uh, the Ballad of Baz Kerrigan and associated? <clears throat> uh, well, so far characters. it's um, basically the the story is that crime doesn't pay. Because see, that's <coughs> that's what our listeners want. They want they want us to, as they say, plumb the depths <clears throat> and give them all the secret tidbits. Yeah, there's. I don't know if there's secret tidbits here. Other than that, uh, it is a new form of improv comedy and improv drama. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an actor named Thomas Middleditch. He's known for being in <laughs> Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, he's got. Is that, some, his, is that his real name, Middleditch? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure our listeners know. If you saw him, you'd he's recognize. He's a cousin his of. Face. Uh, he's a coven, cousin of Robert Leftditch. <laughs> you'd probably recognize him if you saw him. Um, he's been on TV and in ads and anyway, he's doing some Red Dead role play and has talked about how it's kind of a new frontier, you know, no pun intended. Well, like the of improv improv. The guys that do um 
critical role, mm-hmm. they they're making bank, right? They they've got mm-hmm. a huge following and they've got hundreds of hours of uh, right. D and D episodes, which is kind of the same thing, right? Is it, it not? It, how is it not the same thing? It's similar in that it's a lot of improvisation. I mean, you got your dungeon master who the dungeon has a master kind of guides them, but yeah, the responses and the the wittiness and stuff, their character becomes improvised. Well, the, but there's always like a a plot or a, there's like an objective or something. There's an, a climax to the thing, right? I, like my my son was watching, and I, I remember hearing the gasps. It was like, oh no, no, you can't! Ah. Like one of the episodes, it was pretty. Apparently, it was pretty dramatic. Pretty. Pretty cataclysmic, horrific. I don't right. know what happened. He wouldn't. He wouldn't elaborate. Well, the the the, the neat thing about this uh, the the Red Dead role play, and there is GTA. That's Grand Theft Auto role play, but I don't think it's quite as serious. And I don't mean serious in to- in tone. I mean this. The, they're very serious about the uh, the rules. You can look up uh, wildrp.com and you can read all the rules and and. Uh, kind of qualifications to participate they take it very seriously but it's all you it's all user created and it's all improvised they don't have planning meetings where they say okay now in, in today's episode we want you to do this but this, they and want this. you to act your part you play your character and you stay in character and, and part of the fun is you get to be part of the story right and then you have people that you know play law enforcement officers you have people that play doctors you have people that play barkeeps and uh um chicken farmers and uh free guy <laughs> right and uh the bank teller you have your criminals and you have your gangs you have it's it's a very it's a very um robust community i want, I want to know how that works out when these guys are could co- co- you call this cosplay i don't know no why not because they're not dressing up and going to a convention it's, yeah, but they're dressing it's, their avatar up. it's role play they're dressing up their avatar. Oh, I mean, they're but they're playing the game. It's they're, a virtual cosplay. Eh, it's role play. That's different. What's okay? Wh- uh, I don't get it. Why they're playing a character? Cosplay is just co- dressing up as a character from a from a movie or game or whatever, and well, going. What, what, okay, so what about uh, maybe I'm I'm confusing cosplay with um, LARPing and uh, the Society for Creative Anachronism. Uh, it could be, it's not LARPing because it's not live action role play. They're not doing it face to face. They're doing it digitally, but it's still role play. It's yeah. ORPing. It's just role play is, is how it Online works. role playing. Online role play. Okay. And so they create these characters and some of them use funny voices or uh, accents. Some of them just use their regular voices. But it, the people that are involved with this are, are really good at it. And so it's, what, it's what, as good as any, it's as good as Yellowstone. <laughs> everybody, everybody wants to be like the hero, right? So what happens if you're the bank teller? I, but, course, but free, guy, free guy bank teller becomes... Everybody doesn't want to be the guy. hero, though. That's part of the charm of this, is you have people just doing normal things, but they get caught up into, into some of the stories. I mean, we, I've, this particular one, I'm only seeing one story arc from one perspective. This is Ballad of Baz Kerrigan? Right, we're seeing his story from his perspective what's his character do what's his tell us about his character uh he's a, a <laughs> he's a veteran of the australian civil war okay and uh he's come to america to pan for gold and to make a better life for himself that's the start of it that sounds like a hero though 
Because well, he's got a story arc. He's going to make well, a they better all do. life. They all have a backstory, right? I'm the bank teller. Yeah, but maybe you're the bank teller because you uh, are trying to... I guess you can make, can make a story out of anything. And it's the Wild West. It uh, takes place in like 1899. So you have some electricity and trains. Okay. But it's, it's really fun. And, it, and you don't have to invest as much time as I have. You can go and find shorter episodes. There's a whole uh, uh, Italian mob boss style crime family in the game in, on this story. Okay. And they're called the Dicenzos, and uh, it's it's quite good. It's it's very fun, and it's a whole new. I I am agreement with Thomas Middleditch in that it's a whole new sort of frontier or uh, breakthrough for improv acting, improv comedy. Well, we've got uh, not to change the subject too much, but I, I think that's really interesting, Bobby. <laughs> Well, you asked if I've seen any movies, and I've I've been watching about fifty or sixty hours of that over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. No, I think I think that is really interesting. Um, just a, as an aside here, some of the movies that are out right now: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two would be an interesting movie review. You've got uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Have you seen that yet? No, I'd like to. I heard it's decent. You got the new Shazam. The first Shazam has some really interesting symbolism. Be fun to go through. Uh, the new Dune movie's coming up pretty soon. When's that come out? I thought they just... It's still a ways out, isn't it? I know they've got a trailer out there, but I, I didn't see a release date. Maybe it's this summer. <clears throat> Dune Part Two. Uh, ah, geez, it's hard to see when it's November third. Okay, they're it's expecting it. Yeah, it's too. We can't even think about that right now. Maybe the listeners should. Maybe our two listeners, Whitaker and TBM, should chime in as to what movies we should <laughs> review. <laughs> in fact. Uh, Whitaker did say something like he's watching a show called Citadel on Amazon Prime that he thinks is interesting. I'm going to have to pass on that. The title doesn't sound that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for nothing, Whitaker. Thanks for nothing, buddy. (laughs) Super Mario Bros. movie is out. See, we're going... Um, For me, we're going into this... John Wick Chapter 4. We're going into this this time frame where the weather's better and I'm going to have a little bit of free time coming up. I, I want to be outside. You don't want to watch movies? But uh, I'll try to watch more. I know uh, there's a few out there I'd like to see. <clears throat> I'll be making some drives soon, so I'll be listening to audiobooks, which is a superior way of, of consuming books, according to everybody. According to everybody but me? No, I, I like both ways. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really weigh in mm. on that. I, I'm, uh, I just don't listen to very many audiobooks, so I'm wondering maybe I should... Uh, Start doing that to, to get the information. Like I said before, the, the only way it works for me is if I'm walking or driving. Otherwise, my, my brain doesn't work that way. I can't sit down on a couch and listen to an audiobook. I'll just fall asleep. But so I, I can sit driving, down on a couch and read a book. There's a good case to be made that driving, while driving, you, you, have a, you don't have very much going on. Right. 
so you can and when uh, I say really driving, absorb I don't mean necessarily like running errands around town, although I'll do that. I mean like a long drive, like if you're going for 45 minutes Absolutely. or plus. Yeah. Especially if it's just kind of mindless. Freeway driving. Freeway. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's pretty much watching out for... Um, Everybody, the, right. the really fast speeders trying to keep your speed up to get around the trucks. Right. Merging. Well, leave your favorite burger recipe in the comments. Yeah, we want, we're asking a lot of listeners. We want inflation busting tips. We want good movies and burger recipes. Okay. And we want it at the mindvirus.show website. None of this Spotify comment. I'm guessing stuff. that they're not going to do any of that because we asked them to write a short story and only one of them came through. I saw Pepe over the weekend. Mm-hmm. He said we should do an article about squirrels. And I don't. That was it. He just said that and left. We should write an article about squirrels. Or an episode. Do an episode about squirrels. Did I say article? Yeah. We should do an sometimes episode I, about squirrels. I, I sometimes my brain short circuits and I just say like the exact opposite of what I every, mean, or throw in a strange word in place of in another. In a way, word. every episode we've ever done. Involves squirrels because we'll be going along something and then squirrel, and the topic changes. But I would like to. That's the beauty uh, of this podcast. I would like some elaboration there, uh, Pepe. What what is it about squirrels you want us to talk about? He said something about squirrels running all over you in the Central Park, something like that. I think he used to live in New York. I had a squirrel. uh, I was deer hunting this last fall. Did I share this story? Came down, sat by you. I was sitting uh, against a tree, um, and I heard a little chittering behind me, and I turned my head, and there's a squirrel maybe six feet away from me. And we made eye contact, and that squirrel did not want me there. You could tell. Like, he was mad. And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he leapt at me, and he bounced off my shoulder, tumbled into the grass, got up, said some squirrel swear words, and then took off. Maybe you were sitting on his stash. Maybe I was. I stayed there for a few more minutes, and he, you know, yelled at me from a distance before I moved on. But I'd never had a squirrel mm. like, jump at me like that. Yeah, that's pretty unusual. So there's your squirrel episode, Pepe. I'll write an article about that later. <laughs> All right, everybody, take care of yourselves. Uh, find a find a way to navigate uh, this uh, inflationated world get ready for the long grind i think things are going bad but they're grinding and uh share your favorite burger or grill recipe in the comments at mindvirus.show and we will see you again next week enjoy the apocalypse